So round seven is in the books and we've got an umpire push, a stage dive and a pretty decent old tackle to hit the headlines for this week's edition of the Laces Out podcast with your host, Christopher Pepper. Uh, welcome back to the Laces Out podcast with uh, your host once again, Christopher Pepper, and we're just over 24 hours since the end of round seven, and controversy is king once again. Um, let's just say there's been some uh, some cracking games on the weekend, um, and some teams that probably deserve to be cracked over the head because they are just chewing up uh, good resource time at the moment, and you know, if you're a St Kilda supporter or an Eston supporter, um, probably as well as a Carlton supporter, you'd be pretty much really peaked with your group right now um and yeah it's going to be some disappointing times for the remainder of the 2017 season we'll get into that a little bit later on but before we uh get into the main things thanks of all uh to all your listeners out there the feedback that i've had from uh quite a number of you has been really positive and so i'm going to keep pumping these out um on a monday evening to uh give you my review of, of the previous weekend but also uh, later on in the week to give you my tips for round uh, coming up. So round eight will be out just after the teams are released on Thursday. Um, where do we start? Probably from Friday night's game, uh, GWS and Geelong. And GWS, did they even turn up? Look, I know they've been hit with injuries, um, but they looked a, a shell of their former self. And a number of their players that have been you know, stalwarts for them over the last number of years, it looked like they're starting to hit... Pretty much the end of their career, especially um, Heath Shaw. He's just, you know, you know, you used to know that he'd grab, he'd bounce it within the first three steps, big long kicks. He, he's nothing like he has been. He's uh, He looks like he's getting a little bit slower in the leg as well. Um, GWSC need to make a call in the next um, couple of weeks. Do they continue to play him just for the sake of who he is? Or do they, you know, bring some new guns in and give them a crack at the highest level? I don't know, do you trust him? I trust him. Look, he's been a great stalwart for that club ever since he went up there from Collingwood. But, um, yeah, he's um, he's getting a bit long in the tooth. Give him a couple more weeks, see what happens. But, um, Leo Cameron, you've got a big choice to make there, especially when you're going to have a couple of the big guns who are coming back from injury over the next few weeks. Someone's going to have to obviously make way for them, and I think he would be one that you'd seriously want to consider moving on. Besides that... Um, well, the good old Tomahawk, he's been pretty woeful, like a, a number of players this year. It hasn't been a great year for um, power forwards so far. There's only been a couple that have really hit their strides. But what was he thinking when he was actually decided to touch an umpire? Well, you know, from under 10s football, is there's a couple of things that you don't do. Don't back chat to an umpire, because I'll never reverse a decision. And you don't touch an umpire as well. And you just look at that footage and you just think to yourself, mate, what was going through your head? Because it even looked like that Ryan Griffin from the GWS actually saw what he was doing. If you look check the footage, he's almost grabbing his arm and saying, hey, dude, pull your head in because you're going to get in some serious trouble. Uh, at, at the time of this recording, we know that it's gone over to the tribunal. Uh, what the result will be, I don't know. Probably get a week, maybe two, if they decide to really throw the book and say, hey, you know, it's the forbidden zone. But as you saw some some of the tribunal results this weekend, I really have no idea what what they're going to do. Um, I think it's just the footage of actually seeing what he did, which is which is going to um, cause people to go, yeah, you can't do that because we don't want that sort of stuff to influence, you know, kids. It started with the fluoro boots, now they've all got them. Then it started with the headband, now they've all got them. 
Uh, and now it's going to start well. If you do this, you never know where it's going to appear. Um, sling tackles, another thing. You know, it started in the in the um, obviously the leagues, and it's filtered down to junior kids as well too. So you know, they're the type of the behaviours that we don't want to see. So you're going to have to give him a week um, just for stupidity and to teach him a lesson, but also to send a message out to there as well too. Um, if you want to continue on with the tribunal results, Nick Nat. Now, really, if you have a look at that, I saw that live on the weekend when I was watching that game. That was an absolutely cracking tackle. It was beautiful. If you have a look at it, he comes straight off the contest. He follows it straight up. It was a ruck contest, I believe. Follows it straight up. Um, what's his name? Doesn't really matter who he is. He's got the ball. He tackles him. Tackles him under the arms. They're saying he pinned his arms, but from the footage that I saw, it was under the arms. And he's just taking him down. And, you know, when you've got a guy that's, uh, what, six foot eight, six foot nine ticking over 100 kilos with that little fella underneath him, you know, nothing's going to stop it. It was, I, I believe it was just a great, in the back at worst. So, you know, it, it is a contact sport and things like this are going to happen. Um, and you can't give him a week because of the result. And they were saying, well, he could have rolled him over, etc. But there was nothing wrong with it in the first place. It was just because you had a massive bloke landing on a small bloke and that's going to happen. You know, I played footy for, you know, 26 plus years and it happened all the time. You would have seen the big blokes getting smashed um, by the bigger blokes and then you're going to get the small blokes who are always going to get hit but you know the little blokes are always going to run away from the big blokes so you know it's going to add up and you know, it's going to even out in the long run um, hopefully they can test it because it's just it, that is not worth a week mind you though our friend Tomahawk if you saw the one where he smacked the bloke in the back of the head and didn't get anything for it just a fine you know that's also probably a week for stupidity as well too but you know what the injury wasn't anything that came out of it but the action you have a look at the action of the two and you tell me which is worse um, leave a comment because I can tell you now it was um, Tomahawk smack in the back of the head that should have got a week Caddy got one uh, and he was a smidge late and smacked a bloke and nothing came out of that uh, and he got a week but you know Tomahawk will get nothing but he'll get one for stupidity as well too uh, and then you know you have a look at the footage of you know Jesse Hogan's been copping it left right and centre this afternoon you know Damian Barrett Matthew Lloyd oh it wasn't a good look he was staging but uh, later this afternoon, the behind-the-goals footage came out, and you should see um, good old Dopey Carlisle. Um, must have had a line at half-time, and um, smacked him in the throat. Smacks him in the throat. He goes down pretty much straight away. Free kick was there. You know, I think sometimes commentators you know, drink their own bathwater and think that they are the bee's knees, that they are the game. And the media reporters, you're not. Um, an interesting stat that I heard a couple of weeks ago and I love sharing it with people, that there's more accredited um, football reporters out there than actual football players. That's a disgrace. And I reckon none of them are actually getting it right. There's a couple of them that will actually hold back, and when they release a story, it's proper. But there's just too many um, clickbaiters out there, um, tryhards. The game is so overreported. It's seven days a week, this, at the moment. Um, it's a seven-day reporting period um, for a game that lasts, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days. Thursday, if they're playing in Port Adelaide. It's not a good look for the game. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. The AF AFL love it. It's getting more coverage to the game. What do they say? Yeah, if it bleeds, it leads. And there's if there's no news, it's good news. Well, in my eyes, I think it's you know bad news is bad news. And just give the blokes a bit of a break. Um, it's great that a number of the players, I know Jake Lieber's turned off his social media, and there's been a number of them out there as well that have turned it off because of all the um, abuse that they're getting from either people out there, um, uh, reporters, supporters, whoever it is. You know, Let them just concentrate on the game. And mind you, I'll get into him a little bit later on, but Jake Lieber's last few weeks have um, really started to turn around. It almost looks like he's now settled in and feels part of the group. Um, and that Melbourne backline are also starting to gel a bit. 
we'll get back to that a little bit later on. But, you know, if we have a look at um, getting the start of the games, um, like I said, GWS, they took on um, they took on uh, the Cats on Friday night and got belted by 61 points. I'm not going to go into it too much because there really wasn't much there, but the Giants were a shell of their former self. It was almost a, a, a repeat of their early days where they just went out and got absolute, absolutely cane. Excuse me. But that's what's going to happen when you've got a team of so many injuries and when you're not playing the younger guys, it's just going to happen. So, you know, maybe it was a blip on the radar, but, you know, um, Leon Cameron's got some work to do there. But I want to move on to the Saturday game. The Saturday game between the Doggies and the Gold Coast Suns was a back and forth. I was, I was um, just keeping uh, over the weekend, just keeping the stats with this game, just having a bit of a look. And it was back and forth, back and forth all day. And it was great to see the Doggies get the win. But I think the good thing is, is that, you know, the Gold Coast Suns are really becoming a, a competitive unit now. Uh, congratulations over to Stewie Jew for the amount of work that he's done. But if you have a look at the spread of goal kickers, you know, Day, Gowers, Young, Lipinski, Jack Martin, uh, all kicked two between them. And that's um, uh, three for Gold Coast, two for the Western Bulldogs. But it was just a back and forth game all day. And I think that's what we like to see. At one stage, it was a very, very low scoring, but then it kicked up in the second half. Um, I just think that the, the big thing, the big news out of that game, which, which I liked, was that the Doggies have, have got another win. And I just hope that they can get some momentum because, you, you know, mind you, they did win a flag two years ago. And if someone said to me, listen, would you take a flag and then five years of bad luck? I'd be hand up going, yes, considering my team, that these haven't played finals in about fucking 10 years. Um, I'd take that any day of the week too. So um, Jack McRae apparently had an absolutely stunning game as well too, massive possessions. Um, so, you know, it's good to see him getting into a, back, a, bit, of, a bit of form as well too. So... Um, it's going to be interesting uh, next week. Now, let's talk about this mob here, all right? Essendon. Now, I'm from East Keelor, which is a, a suburb here in Melbourne. And when I grew up, we had Essendon supporters left, right and centre. And they thought that they were God's gift to football. The club could do no wrong. The supporters could do no wrong. You know, see the bombers fly up, yada, yada, crapper, crapper. I'm absolutely loving this right now. And not the fact that this has come as a result of all the crap that they went through. Now, if you think about it, they went five years of all this drug saga, and what's it led to? It's led to this. Um, they've gone down by the Hawks by 23 points, and I think that 23 points is flattering them, by the way. Um, they are, they've, I don't know what they stand for. They're woeful. There's another team that we're going to talk about a little bit later on, but Essendon, what do they represent? They're, they're, they're nothing. They're, they're a shell of their former self, like I said. Um, you know, when James Sicily almost gets BOG on the weekend against you, there's another guy whose head needs regular panel beating. Um, I don't, I don't know what you do. Like, you have a look at this. Like, Sicily killed it. Roughhead again. O'Meara, Smith, Mitchell. There's some future there. But you have a look at Essen's best. Bell Chambers. He's on his way out. Hooker, Hurley, and Stewart. Now, mind you, though, um, apparently Stewart got in the best and didn't lay a tackle or he laid one tackle for the game. So I don't know what they're looking there. Devin Smith apparently had seven tackles, which was four, which was three more tackles than nine other players combined for the Essendon Football Club. They don't want to. They don't want to go near it. They don't look like they want to be there. And, and apparently they're saying, um, you know, I think John's work, John Worsfold got hooked up again for a, another contract. I'll tell you what, it's it's another mob have done that as well. St Kilda, um, I think they've jumped the gun too far. The Hawks, geez, is this the quickest rebuild that you've ever heard? Like, you know, this time last year, they were they were going backwards. And then in the space of 12 months' time, the, the magic man, Al Clarkson's come out and got a team that a lot of people were pushing um, to be probably bottom four for this year. B 
based on just improvement, etc. They're sitting fourth and sitting five and two. Very, very pretty right now at the moment. So you, you got to tip your hat to them. You know, they, they, they are the, you know, um, Clarkson loves people like Bill Belichick. He loves um, a lot of that. You know, you take one cog out when they're not there anymore and you place them with another one. Hawthorne like that. You, you, you can trust them. And there's a lot of teams out there that you cannot trust. And I tell you what, Essendon aren't one of them at the moment. So for all you Essendon supporters out there, suck eggs. Uh, because for all the crap that you've given me over the years, we're giving it back to you. So, mm. all right. Um, oh, here's another team of pretenders too. I mentioned this a, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Port Adelaide, they got smashed by the Eagles. Here's another team that, you know, at the start of the year you would have thought, no, nah, they're not going to make the eight. But they are sitting pretty at the moment. A 42-point win. At home, uh, congratulations to uh, John Kennedy over there being the, or John Kennedy Jr., um, because he is now the highest goal kicker in the history of the West Coast Eagles Football Club. So, claps and snaps to you, my friend. Um, but they just go strength to strength. And the interesting thing is, is that you have a look at the players that are, are kicking on. It's your Mark Lacrasse. It's your, um, once again, Josh Kennedy. Darling is probably having a, a fantastic year. He's finally hitting that... Um, level that he sh- that we thought he was going to get to for so many years. Some of his work up and down the ground was like, I've never seen him do that before. Um, so he should be really proud of the work that he's been doing. But once again, um, it's uh, a team of champions. Will ne- uh, a team of champions are never going to beat a champion team, and that's exactly what happened on the weekend. Um, all these people that they brought in, uh, Rotcliffe, Watts, uh, Motlop, etc. That they um, they're obviously beating the teams that they should beat, but they don't get anywhere near it when they have when the pressure's on. And there's another example on the weekend, you know, beaten by 42 points and, and quite convincingly as well too. So they're going to have to have a good hard look at themselves. But I, once again, the recruiting strategy at the start of the year looked great, a little bit like Essendon, um, but it hasn't hit their straps. But tell you what, I think this is the it was the upset of the year. I didn't see it coming. Um, North Melbourne have come out and <laughs> they've beaten Sydney. Now, I've found this interesting. Sydney have lost three games this year at home already. Sydney at home was almost like what Geelong was like when during their, their Helsingian years. It was a fortress. No one could get through them. And they've lost three games there already this year. Um, Two-point win. You'd think with weight being out, who was going to lift up? And then they had the big old number 32 for them. Mason Wood, first game for the year. And... You know, the reports that you have a bit of a listen, you can see why North Melbourne stuck with this bloke. He has got great hands, great agility. He's a massive unit. Awesome stuff. Um, Sydney, you would have thought with no Lance Franklin, okay, they're going to change it up a bit. They, they couldn't get close. And if you have a look at the last quarter, this, this is what happened in the last quarter. So the last quarter went goal to Sydney, behind to Sydney, goal to Sydney, behind to Sydney. Okay, so things are ticking on nicely. Then a hit. Goal to Mason Wood, goal to Sydney, behind, and then the last uh, six scoring shots, behind, 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 goal behind. So they've just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and they put it through, gets them across the line, great result. Now, mind you, everybody's um, seen the the footage of uh, Billy Hartung's and Jared McVeigh's touch ball that went over the line. The question has to remain, is there actually any reason why you have the score review system when your score review takes too long to score review and then uh, the score that goes through costs the team a game? Now, here's the thing. If it was the last play of the day, I'd get it. It would have cost them. 
But so early into the game, you can't use that as an excuse. You shouldn't have let them kick, I think it was um, five out of the last six scoring shots to get them across the line. Yeah, five of the last six scoring shots to get them across the line. There's no excuse for that. Sydney fell fell back. Everything that they did right the week before against the Cats, they did the complete opposite this week against North, and North overrun them. So they're sitting pretty at the moment, North Melbourne. I think a lot of people, including myself, have underrated them, and I am genuinely excited to see where they're going to finish the rest of the year. Okay. Now, a team that I um, gave a bit of a slapping to last week, uh, the Carlton Football Club, you got beaten by 55 points on the weekend. Here's the thing, though. At one stage, um, around about halfway through that third quarter-ish, you started to peg it back. You started to peg it back. You started to peg it back. And I'm sitting here going, where was this cut? Where has this been all year? Yes, you've got lots of kids. Yes, you're young. Yes, you've lost a lot of experience. But desire, intensity, and heart, that, that's, a, that's a non-negotiable. That should be there every week. And I haven't seen it for such a long time. Yet at one stage, you, you piled on a few goals in a row and you look like you were you know, making a real good contest of the game. And that is, if you're a Carlton supporter, that's what you want to see. Now, mind you, you're still sitting 0-6, and six, but there's another club called Brisbane sitting 0-6 and six that are in a really good spot as well. But I think for the first time this year, I saw Carlton play with a little bit of heart. You're still shite. You're not going you know, you know, to let you off a leash that early. But we saw something. And I think I saw more in your mob than I have seen in Essendon and also St Kilda this so far this year. So you can hold your heads up a little bit high, but don't fall into the trap of getting a pat on the back and thinking that, you know, we are it. We're awesome. We are on top of the world because it's a lot less crowded up there because you'll fall quite easy. Okay. Massive game this week. Obviously, um, you've got to do something with it. Adelaide. Okay, so it was 55 points. I think everybody expected that. 125 points to 70. So you kick 19, almost 20 goals. Um, another injury, another hamstring injury. So I think uh, their fitness department are going to have to have a good hard look at themselves. You could actually be a nominee for the great pretender, but I've got somebody else in mind for that one. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. It was pretty much run of the mill. Um, if you have a look from the, the player's perspective, um, you know, Mitch McGovern, 40, you know, he's, had, he's kicked five goals, three. Josh Jenkins, he's kicked three goals, two. Uh, Richie Douglas, two goals, one. Yada, yada. You know, not much more to go in, but they've just done the job. They had to go out there, get some points, get some percentage, and that's exactly what they did too. Now, on Sunday, um, what, can, what more can you say about this mob? They're the reigning premiers. At the moment, you got first, a gap, and then 17 other teams. And two years ago, this was the same mob that the supporters wanted to lynch the coach, get rid of the board, and then less than 48 months later, they're premiers, and the way that they're going, no one's going to get between hell and high water for them going back-to-back. They are brutal. Around the ball, their contest is like they just swarm one after the other. The pressure, the pressure, everything that they keep talking, but they don't ever let up. If you can have a look at some of the pressure that the Fremantle blokes were putting on themselves, it was almost like the hot potato, I'll give it to you, give it to you, give it to you. They didn't want the ball. Um, yeah, I just think that uh, no one's going to get near them. Uh, one of the people I saw during this game was Reese Conker, and it's finally great to see him get some consistency in his football. Looks like he's over his injuries. You know, 
Um, and so it's good to see someone who was drafted quite highly getting that um, the, the the praise that he deserves because he can see that you know his career is you know probably past that halfway mark and there's a lot of younger kids coming in. He needs to make the most of his opportunities. And so far during 2017, he's definitely doing sorry 2018, he's definitely doing that. So thumbs up to you, um, Frio. You've got Nat Fife and that's about it. But you have got some young kids as well too and. Um, You've got a lot to like there, but geez, not five. Even, even in a team that got pumped by that much, he was still BOJ by the length of, um, I won't say the Flemington Strait. Let's go the Mount Panorama Strait this weekend because uh, Nat Five, you are an absolute gun. Alrighty, here come the D's. One by 39 points. Um, here's, all right, here's something that I'm going to tell you all about. Next weekend, call up Sportsbet or whoever you do all your betting through. Um, and... Give them a call and say, what odds will you give me on Melbourne letting a goal go in the last minute of a quarter? Because that is almost guaranteed. If you're a Melbourne supporter, you know that the last minute of a quarter, we're guaranteed to give a goal away. And twice we did it on the weekend. Um, mind you, though, um, and we've only played St Kilda and we've only played Essendon, but we're starting to get that structure. We're starting to get that flow. Um, they're hunting impacts. Um, and the midfield's doing great things, but you have a look at some of the players that are floating around. Um, Jesse Hogan's probably had his best game all year, and if you have a look at some of the stuff he's done already this year, he has been enormous. Tommy McDonald, he needs to be going over and buying Tommy McDonald a drink and saying, mate, thank you for taking the pressure off me, because he has been brilliant in his first two games back as well too. But Max Gorn, he, he's everywhere. Like, you have a look at Max Gorn, right? So Maxi Gorn, in uh, this particular game, had just a casual 34 hitouts. Tom Hickey had 26. Now, I reckon it's the closest he's had in terms of competition all year. Yet he just dominated him around the ground because he's also had, let's just go through it, he's also had, on top of that, he's had 20 possessions and Hickey's had 17. Okay, but he's had 111 um, uh, AFL fantasy points compared to Hickey's 89. But he has just been been enormous this year. And I'll tell you what, Get on him to be a top five in the Brownlow. Um, he will definitely, we've had, what, seven rounds? He's probably tipped, you know, probably in every one of Melbourne's wins, he would be, um, he'd be up there. Definitely getting votes in each of those games and maybe in the first game against Geelong as well too. The Saints, uh, you're poo. I think there's anything else that we can talk about. It. You are poo, you're poo in the middle, you're poo in the forward line, uh, you're poo in the back line, Um and you were twits for getting rid of Reroll and Montagna way too early, and you didn't plan enough to get them uh, a succession plan. The Ds, I'm loving what you're doing. Angus Brayshaw, clap to you, my friend, and I'll tip my hat because you have been through hell over the last few years. And to see you come out and do what you did on the weekend just made my heart sing. Um, 32 possessions, uh, you kicked a goal. Um, three tackles, but just some of the burst work that we have not seen from you in quite a long time. So just to have that um, confidence in yourself and confidence in your own body to just play like you did, I just hope that's a sign of things to come. Um, I know there was a a bit of stuff going around at the start of the year why you weren't getting a game, but um, I really don't care because if, if what you did on the weekend was just a taste of what you can do for the rest of the year, Tell you what, if you're a Melbourne supporter, you cannot help but being excited. And it's a perfect opportunity to back that up against the Gold Coast this week. All right, so the last game I want to quickly go through was last week my tips were simply this. And if you remember, go back, play them, was this potentially could be the upset of the weekend. The Brisbane Lions versus the Magpies. 
And this game wasn't locked in until around about two and a half minutes to go in the game. At that stage, excuse me, at that, at that stage it was tied. Um, and then it was over with uh, a Chris May behind and uh, a Jaden Stevenson goal. But Brisbane, you're sitting zero and six. But some of the talent that you've got flowing around in that in that team, like Dane Beams lead that team beautifully. Daniel McStay, Dane Zorko, like if he was playing down in Melbourne, it keeps getting said if he was getting if he was played down in Melbourne or player in a Melbourne club, he would have that much smoke blown up his butt. It would be ridiculous. But because he's hidden up there in uh, Brisbane, people don't see it. He is a out and out champion, and he hasn't been doing it for a little time. He's been doing it for a long time. Daniel McStay's come out and kicked a uh, kicked a couple as well too. But I really want to highlight um, a gentleman who's been through you know a lot of body issues, uh, a lot of off field issues. But Jordan Degoe, he's come out and kicked five goals too. Contract time, I think he's out of contract this year. If you are not a a club saying you know what does this bloke want, you'd be doing you and your supporters and everyone a disjustice because he is just playing some great football right now. Um, <laughs> He's he's holding where you know obviously Jamie Elliott's out at the moment. He's just holding his spot. He's had twenty he's had twenty disposals, six contested position possessions, seventy five percent disposal efficiency. He's kicked five goals too. Well, what more do you want from a bloke? Like it's not always about getting your thirty fives, forty forty fives, aka Tom Mitchell. It's what you do with the ball, um, and that's why you know I reckon the greatest ten minutes of football that you will ever see. The two greatest. Um, lowest possession games that you will ever see is Stewie Jew in the 2008 Grand Final. You go back and have a look at those 10 minutes of Stewie Jew. He won that game for Hawthorne virtually. And then if you go back to the 2012 Grand Final, good old Mitch Morton. You go back and have a look at Mitch Morton's game. He didn't rack up the stats, but he did what he had to do. He played his role and set that uh, win up for um, Sydney as well too. So... Um, Jordan Ngoi, you need to give yourself a good high five sexy times, my friend, because you played an absolute blinder. But to Chris Fagan and your Brisbane Lions, I'm bloody proud of you, and I'll watch you any day of the week over uh, Shit Kilda, uh, Charlton, and Essen Shit, because basically they're the three teams that are absolutely poo right now. Um, and, sh- and by the way, those three teams should not get another TV fixture, prime time, late time, any time fixture, um, for the remainder of 2018, because you're chewing up space and airtime for teams that actually deserve it. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. my friends. And in this week's edition of The Great Pretender, this one goes out to the St Kilda Football Club um, and the entire team with your goalkeeper. Um, if you had a chance to watch the game on the weekend against the Demons, you kicked yourselves out of it. Some of the goal kicking that you will see is probably the worst for any AFL team that I can remember. Um, I think you have also set the record of three misses either inside the goal square or at the edge of the goal square as well. Um, and you really don't look like you're going to kick one in the near future. Um, I don't know. Ben Dixon was down there. He must have thinking he's probably sitting there going, this is the easiest money that I made. I'm telling him everything to do, and they just don't do it, so they're going to have to get me back again. Um, how can you call yourselves professional football, St Kilda? Like, really, you go back and watch the tape. 
It's almost like you freeze. It's almost like you're all a bunch of Shaquille O'Neal's sitting at the free throw line thinking, I just do not want to be here. Um, and you're not just missing by like hitting the post. At least you hit the post, you go, okay, hit the post. You're not even getting close. Some of the shanks on the weekend, my golf drives, I thought were bad, are actually better than some of those kicks. So you need to, guys, you need to go out and hang your heads in shame. And if I was um, Alan Richardson, I would be sitting there going, you are all a bunch of coach killers. And that's why this week, you're my nominee for the great pretender. All right, there you have it, folks. Another weekend of AFL football, or Aussie rules football, as we like to say, wrapped up with my Round 7 review. Remember, you can find me on iTunes, Pocket Cast. You can also find us out on lots of other uh, uh, podcasting directories out there. But the main thing is is that I love doing this each and every week. So give us a shout-out, give us a like. Uh, you can find us also on the Anchor Network. And just remember, if you like your footy like me, there's only one way to get it, and that is laces out. I'm Chris Pepper, and have a great week. And remember... Tune in for my tips Thursday night. It'll be short. It'll be sharp. Just like a Gary Coleman cheddar. Have a great week. Bye.